We hear in the Gospel of Luke, they were saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Come join us today on The Way with DJ. Well, hello everyone. It has been a while again, once again, to um, for me to record one of these podcasts. Um, I have had some life events happening within the last six weeks or so um, with one of our family members. My wife's aunt um, has been seriously ill and has been placed into hospice care. So I do ask that you pray for her and pray for the repose of her soul. Um, she, you know, was a good person in life, um, good to us, um, good to my wife and I for sure, and she is going to be missed. Um, but as is, you know, the way life goes sometimes, um, it is important for us as ministers in the church, but also as people within families that we sometimes have to take a step back from professional things and ministerial things in order to help someone in our family and help someone in need. So um, I ask that you pray for her, pray for us, um, that we, um, as we've gone through this the last six weeks or so, that, um, you know, that, that we can get some rest and, and, and kind of be rejuvenated after a long, um, a long haul. So um, thank you again for your prayers and thank you for um, your support. So today, um, what I'd like to do is continue the series that I had been doing um, before, um, about six weeks ago, and go into another sacrament. Um, The sacrament that I'd like to talk about today is marriage. Uh, Marriage is certainly a happy time for many people, many couples, um, many families. Um, My wife and I have been married a long time. We've been married... um, if I think about it now, 34 years now, we have been together about 44 years. So we've been together quite a long time. Um, and so uh, marriage is, you know, an up and down thing. Um, there are challenges. I always tell couples um, that I am witnessing their marriage that, you know, that it, you need that each each part of the couple, each person within the couple has to put in 100 percent. It's not a 50-50 thing uh, because there are times that the other spouse is going to need support, going to need um, someone to help, and that's when um, that's when what being married is is that you sometimes have to step up. So um, it is important that you know after the love and the initial you know googly eyes and all those different types of things happen um, within a you know within the marriage. Um, you know, right after they've been married or right after people have been married, that it is important that people realize that, you know, it, it, you know that that's going to wear off. And it's important that as, we, you know, you go through life that um, you're able to kind of weather those storms, but also um, be able to welcome children and, you know, and, and share your life with someone else, which is such an incredible, credible thing. So um, I am very, very happily married, and um, I couldn't ask for a better spouse. And so I hope that 
that those of you that are listening to this um, can basically say the same thing. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk a little bit about three things. The first are some theological points when it comes to the sacrament of marriage. And then I'd like to go into some canonical points um, to kind of talk about who can kind of marry and who shouldn't, who can't marry. And then also talk about declarations of nullity, which are commonly known as annulments. So the first thing, um, there's a couple things. First of all, um, you know, are the theological. Um, so the f first misconception that a lot of people have about marriage, about the sacrament of marriage, is that you have to be confirmed in order for it to happen. Now, you do not have to be confirmed. You have to be baptized for sure. Um, and it is strongly encouraged that you are fully initiated, which means that you have received the sacrament of confirmation. But it is one of those things that it is strongly encouraged but not required. Um, so a lot of times I know in religious education years ago, you know, that's what we would kind of hold over some of the kids, especially the girls um, who wanted a church wedding at some point in their life that they should really continue to go through the sacrament of confirmation. But that really is not the case. The second thing is a more deeper um, theological point. And that is that the ministers of the sacrament of, the, of marriage are actually the couple themselves. It's not the priest, it's not the deacon, it's not the person that is standing there witnessing, um, but it, it, that, that is the minister, it is the couple themselves. They confer the sacrament on each other. And the, the priest or the deacon are the only ones there to just witness that, that, that marriage, that bond. And so that is one of those common, common misconceptions about the sacrament of marriage. So let's talk a little bit about the canonical parts. Um, first of all, we, we do know that some marriages fail, um, not only in, um, you know, I mean, certainly civilly, um, that's why we have divorce, um, civil divorce, but there really is no such thing as church divorce. Um, you know, church divorce, and I'll talk about this in a few minutes, church divorce is kind of um, more commonly thought of as an annulment, but that really is not the case. The church presupposes and, and says that every bond of marriage they, is, is valid, is something that is, is valid. And so it's important to realize that, um, you know, that when you are divorced, when you are civilly divorced, that you are not in a state of mortal sin. So that means that people who are civilly divorced, if they have not remarried and are not in a relationship with someone, um, you know, that they can come to communion, they can receive the sacraments in the church, and so on. Um, it's only when you attempt a marriage after your civil divorce, or you are living with someone, or um, you are in a in a sexual relationship with someone that it then becomes problematic from a canonical, canonical point of view. The other thing um, that people kind of think about, and this kind of goes back probably to maybe shortly before I was growing up in the early 60s, 50s era, is that Catholics and non-Catholics, and especially Catholics and non-baptized 
Christian or non-Catholic baptized Christians, I should say. Um, so Catholics and non-Catholic baptized Christians cannot marry. In other words, Catholics have to marry Catholics. And that is um, not the case either. We see mixed marriages all the time within the church today. And there is a, even a provision um, in the marriage right itself for marriage outside of mass if the non-Catholic is not comfortable celebrating the, the Eucharist, celebrating the Mass with during the marriage ceremony. Um, so that is done most of the time in the presence of a deacon um, as the witness. But that is, again, Catholic and non-Catholic baptized Christians cannot marry. That is simply not the case. And then um, the last one is a little bit more complicated. Um, it's Catholic and non-baptized. So non-baptized people cannot marry in the church. And again, that is not the case as well. There has to be what is called a disparity of cult, and that is something that is given by the permission of the bishop, um, or the mar typically the marriage tribunal in the name of the bishop um, in, the, in a particular diocese or archdiocese. But um, Catholics and non-baptized people can, re can marry within the church. But the Catholic has to make some promises and the first promise is that they have to that they promise to raise or do everything that they can to raise any children that come out of the marriage as catholic and they cannot do anything that is going to threaten their own faith that is going to keep them apart from their faith and then finally um you know that that the the form of marriage the unity and the pro creative parts of marriage need to be um, respected by both people, but especially by the non-baptized person. So they cannot forbid the, the Catholic to have children. They cannot forbid the unitive phase of, of the marriage as well. So that is some of the canonical misconceptions. So let's talk a little bit about declarations of nullity, or commonly known as annulments. So um, an annulment or a declaration of nullity is, you know, a lot of times people think, well, you know, we'll, we'll just try this marriage thing out and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, well, we'll get divorced. Well, you know, that is the case in a civil sense. I mean, it's a con civil contract. And, you know, in a civil sense, you can certainly break that civil, that civil contract. But in a sacramental sense, it is not. Um, so, again, the church presupposes and feels that every marriage that is entered into is a valid marriage. And so, when we talk about divorce, divorce being the only option or is always an option if someone is unfaithful or someone, um, you know, someone doesn't disclose something that's coming, coming into the marriage or things like that, you know, yes, you can break a civil contract by getting a civil divorce. But you don't necessarily, and you really cannot, break the sacramental bond. A declaration of nullity basically means um, that what you're doing through investigation and through going through the process is that you are establishing, or the church is establishing, that there was never a bond there to begin with for, in a sacramental sense. So that means that you know, certainly there was a, a bond in a, a civil sense, in a in a you know a civil civil contract, but definitely not when it comes to 
um, a sacramental sense. So what the what the church does is it has this declaration of nullity, which goes and says there was never a bond there to begin with in that sacramental sense. And so, you know, um, and I kind of mentioned this at kind of the beginning of the podcast here. Um, you know, once you're married, you know, you're kind of married and you don't have to work on it anymore. And I really do think that that is um, probably one of the major reasons why marriages fail is that couples don't work on it. You know, they assume, well, I have this person now and and everything is going to be fine. The next thing, um, you know, and again, this kind of goes to the declaration of nullity is a lot of people will go into a marriage and feel, well, if my spouse cheats on me, that's a deal breaker. You know, I'm going to walk away. Well, extramarital affairs are, are, are not necessarily deal breakers when it comes to the sacramental side of marriage. So the church has programs such as retrovi and other other means to kind of help couples get over um, a, a, you know a, a, an extramarital affair or a, a, someone who you know who cheats on someone. Um, now does that always work? Not necessarily but it is something that you need to be aware of and that you need to make yourself aware of and, and avail yourself to if you are in that situation. It's not just the deal breaker. It's not just walking away, but it is trying to work on the marriage uh, and to make sure that that sacramental bond uh, stays. There are a lot of couples that have gotten through extramarital affairs um, and have come out on the other side and their marriages have been strong and strengthened. So again, it's not just throwing in the towel. Um, and again, you know, I kind of mentioned this before as well, that annulments or declarations of annulity are just not the Catholic version of divorce. Um, again, going back to my explanation that every marriage is assumed to be a sacrament um, and assumed to have a, a sacramental bond. And so um, it's not just a divorce. It is establishing that that bond was really never there to begin with. And then finally, um, and this is kind of one of the major misconceptions, I think, when, especially when you talk about annulments or declarations of nullity, is that someone will come to us and say, well, I don't want to get this nullity or this declaration of nullity because we have children, and I don't want my children to feel like they're illegitimate in some sense. And again, that is not the case, because the declaration of nullity goes to what has happened between the couple and really has nothing to do with any of the children. So I know that this is a lot of information and probably it's just tipping, you know, the iceberg of, of, of what marriage issues and declarations of nullity and all those different types of things can happen. Uh, maybe in the future, I'll do a little podcast on declarations of nullity. Um, I have worked with couples and, in starting the application process as a field advocate here in the archdiocese and kind of help people through um, through those things. So just to kind of to kind of give you some background. So maybe in the future we are we'll do a podcast on declarations of nullity. But it is important to realize that marriage is for life that that you know you are consenting that to something that is a promise and a contract and a covenant for life. And so, um, and that marriage needs needs to be worked on every single day. 
but that the benefits of marriage, as I mentioned from my own marriage um, earlier, uh, you know, to my wife, that that it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, she has made me in the 30 some odd years, the 34 years that we've been together, she has made me a better person. Um, I would not be the person I am today if it were not for her. And I hope she can say the same thing for me. So um, once again, I, I thank you for listening. Thank you for um, taking care, taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast. And um, hopefully now that things have kind of settled down in my personal life, we'll be able to be a little bit more regular with these. Um, next time we are definitely going to finish up the sacramental series and talk about holy orders, um, which is the last of the seven sacraments that um, that we've talked about here. So again, um, may God continue to hold each of you in the palm of your in the palm of his hand and may God continue to bless you and those people that are close to you, those people that care about you, those people that love you and those people that you love as well. May God bless you.